Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as the This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> Moment after dark. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. Man, this is something new. So you know who I am. I'm not going to introduce myself. My guest, my my special conversation we have lined up for you this week is the man oh, of power, Chris Merman. Um, oh, God. So the, let's talk about Merman. Before we go in, let's talk about the genesis of this episode. So um, you changed, you had a lot of life change in the past, say, 48 months, give or take. And sure. at one point, you started showing up mm-hmm. in the Discord server with, with, it was almost like, you know how there's like the dark Brandon meme for Joe Biden? You were kind of like dark Merman, right? Like you showed <laughs> up and you were, you were almost, some of the things you were saying were almost antithetical to what you'd been saying previously. And so for our listeners, I made a joke that, man, this is Dark Merman. we got to get him on a podcast. And you threw down the gauntlet. So here we are. So I guess I'm going to start it off by asking, I guess, which is the question, which is going to kick this whole thing off is um, some of the things you've been saying lately are um, almost, almost not, I won't say 180 degrees, but it seems like for whatever reason, you've gotten a different Mm -hmm. sense of perspective with what we do regarding coaching, regarding transformation, all that yaha bullshit you've kind of gotten a different point of view and you've been very vocal about it so let's start with let's start with the change in perspective so what was the what was the and you know we've all shared that we had a lot go on over the last 48 months we've been locked in the house we have a disaster of a of a of of an election we've got all sorts of crazy shit going on but what was it that started to make you kind of step back and Okay, so I don't want to compare you to a famous philosopher. I don't want to, but I'm going to. So one of my favorite philosophers is Ludwig Wittgenstein, and he spent his entire career saying one thing. The 90% of his life, he was harping on one thing. And the last 10% he came out, he said, you know what? I'm pretty sure I was fucking wrong, and it's the exact opposite of what I was doing. You did the same thing without being a Swiss philosopher. So... Let's start with that, man. Like, where where did the where did the big turn where did the big turn come from? Hi, Jay. <laughs> That's the longest introduction I, I think know, I've right? ever had. I don't even introduce myself. What the fuck? Ever? I mean, the the wind up of that. I mean, you just squeezed every drop out of that 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 first pitch, buddy. Um, wow. I'd like to think I'll be employable after this podcast. So, like, <laughs> well, let's set let's set the, let's set the rules of engagement now. Don't get your you or me. Neither one of us want to get fired. No, 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 no. no. If we're going to be fired, it's not because because of this podcast. Let's just start <laughs> yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers right. to that. You know, Mazel Tov. Yeah, and, um, and uh, <laughs> names should not be changed to impugn the guilty. So. <laughs> I will only change the names of people that I actually care about. Um, Fair enough. Um, I, so you, you and I have both had really interesting routes through this whole 
process of big A agile transformation, scrumifying things. And I think that you, you probably came out of the womb cynical. I did not quite start out in the- I'm from New Jersey. It's, it's by default, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 for, for sure, right? Like the country said to go hell with yourself and <laughs> and you had to pick up the pieces. I get I get it. That's why your part of the country is so nasty and uh, or at least at least honestly nasty whereas my part of the country is fake nasty so that there we go. You're like God bless Texas. Um I I just kind of started seeing things that I, you know, my, I, I, I started out as a kind of a scrum master product owner, sort of FTE kind of route. I, you know, I, I worked at some startups. I worked at, you know, some product companies trying to master this idea of like, what does it mean to facilitate? What does it mean to own requirements? The basic blocking and tacklings of everything that we do that doesn't involve writing better code. And I, I, I would hear things at a meetup and I'd repeat them. I'd read things on a blog and I'd repeat them. You know, buzzword here, buzz phrase here, glom it together, here's a new thing. Like that's what we all do. Like I'm, I'm not trying to say like I'm especially cursed. Like we're all doing this. We're trying to figure this out. Um, my, my, my own, you know, amazing wife who became a, a scrum master in the last year and a half two years, like she's experiencing the same sort of thing, which is like, I hear you say this thing and then I read this over here and then I take this here, you know, mm -hmm. pasta la pasta, don't get any on you kind of a thing, right? Like that, there's that attachment of what we do to like, cause we don't know until we know. Well, I've done enough stuff that now I know, consulted for a long time, done this at a lot of other companies. Now I'm owning the whole transformation. You and I've talked about this before in our roles about owning transformations. It's different when you are the one mm -hmm. that makes the call. You have to enforce the boundaries. You have to ask the tough questions. You have to say no, Yeah. right? Like all of those things give you a perspective that's just different. And I, I don't know, I guess I just finally realized like, I don't know that I've had the best of intention with my my approaches and I worry that we're passing along the same bad habits to the next gen and the next gen and the next gen and so I guess by saying this was dumb and I shouldn't have done it is hopefully if there's one person that's like hey maybe before just rinse wash repeating maybe I should think through like if it's just one like I know that that's over like supremely idealistic especially for a cynical person such as myself. I'm, I'm ending this ramble by saying like, I'm, I, I know I'm not going to change anything by admitting this stuff. I just feel like we should do more admitting of our mess ups. You so know what you, I mean? like yeah. Jay, you've wanted to do fail con for years. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, I referred to failure earlier this week in the training class as a unplanned learning opportunity. And I think that's probably the most semantically pure yet disingenuous way to describe it. But I want to go back to a word you just used. Um, okay. You used the word intention, right? And a lot yeah. of times, um, ne you know, never attribute to never attribute to malice when it's easily attributed attributable to stupidity or ignorance. And I'm sure. going to push back on that a bit because old merman and new merman. 
right? I don't think, I don't necessarily think Old Merman was ill-intentioned. I think Old, Old Merman had a way of looking at things and that was what he knew and that's how you went. And now since um, we've landed, you know, you, we hinted at it, we've landed in some of the same trenches where we get our teeth kicked in. Thank God for dental coverage, even though in the States it's, it's deplorable. Um, that's an intentional, intentional word of the use, usage of the word deplorable. Um, since we've gotten our teeth kicked in, we, it's kind of forced realism down our throats. So do you really think it was intentional or was just, you were using the, what you knew at the time. And now with, with the benefit of divorcing that perspective and shifting it, you've just kind of given a different appreciation to I uh, I have an Elizabeth Hurley joke just waiting uh, when you mentioned teeth care, but I, I love Wait, that she's the word. Is, she's the one Elizabeth, that Elizabeth Hurley, Austin Powers. She shows yes. him all the dental gear and is like, "By the way, your teeth don't have to be so fucked up, bro." <laughs> okay, fair enough. By the way, I, I, I do love. I learned I love that you use the word divorce in, in that scenario because that's also. Uh, a lovely part of my journey um, and, 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 and many of our journeys. I, so here's the thing. I, um, I think I'm 50-50 on your question. I think that while my, I would like to think I didn't know any better, like, I, like honestly, you didn't know that the bullshit you were peddling wasn't going to work. It, it's, it's, it's nice to say that you knew it or that you didn't know it. I could argue it both ways because half the time I'm saying stuff, I know it's like, I mean, but here's truth number one of this podcast. You're going to say some stuff you absolutely know will not work. And you are going to absolutely advocate for it because it's the best choice you have available which is like saying I don't really know who to vote for because both candidates are terrible so I'm going to pick the least terrible choice like yeah I don't know that that's like okay in a in in an election sure there's two parties maybe three whatever I that's my choice or I can just say not vote well in our work, there's a million choices. Like, yeah, <clears throat> a bunch of writing. That's and that's. I mean, again, sin number two is thinking that there's a right answer to things. I mean, Jay, how many times have you been pulled into a room, or a chat room, or a whatever, and you basically get ta- called in to break a tie? Hey, one of us thinks this, or half of us think this, and the other half of us think this. Which one do you say is right? As if anything you say is gospel. Yeah, I mean, now I will say that lens changes for you more than me because you were specifically hired in multiple places as a consultant. So you were supposed to be the- You did that crap at your last gig a ton of times. Yeah, it's true. But but I handled that totally. I would handle that question in a way that's probably inappropriate and irresponsible. I would just walk in and say, you're both wrong. Find a different solution because you're both wrong. I mean, that's not going to work, but. I, I've never been in a conversation where that was an option. <laughs> oh, I just tell people you're all wrong. Figure it out. I, so the way that I word it is, is that I don't care what you all decide, but I'm not doing anything until everybody's heads shake in the same direction. 
So I think that's pretty much the same thing that what we're saying is like, I like I'm Switzerland in this. Like I don't I don't care, but I yeah. have to ask the question. So again, I will go back to the previous point of there are still times that they're like, hey Chris, here's the situation. What can we do? And I I take a deep breath, I breathe out, and then I say to myself whatever answer you give is going to be bullshit. And then I say things. <laughs> and then I say things. Because there is no good answer. It's going to be a compromise of some sort, right? Leadership is about, I know we're going to be recording like this idea of like, what does it mean to be like in charge of a transformation? Kind of yeah, thing the, well, the next, our, yeah, our the next episode yeah, will yeah, probably yeah. be something. Well, it'll be around... I, I think the the next episode to give everybody a little bit of of a preview. It's really going to be discussion around. Hey, now I'm in charge of running a transformation. What you know? To quote exactly. to quote uh what Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in Total Recall. What the fuck do I do now? Because we don't. Yeah, it's a big it's a big change. Yeah. Who is your daddy? And what yeah, what the fuck? I, I haven't been to Mars. But keep going. <laughs> I guess I I just I just say that to say that like. I am, I am placed face to face with previous answers that I have given and previous guidance that I've given. And I just see more now, like it's, it's almost like I see the other, like the consultant me looking at me, giving answers. And I see me as the leader managing the okay. answers. <clears throat> and I just, I just have a different perspective now and I'm, I'm really frustrated with my, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that I'm, I'm, I don't think of myself as a bad person, a bad consultant, a bad coach, a bad whatever. Many of our friends, many board members, many of our community, right? You all are still consultants. You still go in. I like, there is just a different tenor to being a consistent, uh, like a consultant versus an a full timer. Oh yeah. From the inside. So all I'm trying to say is, is that I have seen things that I've said through a new lens and I'm frustrated by it. That's the whole point of this conversation. Is that fair? No, 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 that's, that's really fair. And the question, I guess the question I, that I keep landing on to you is, is that necessarily a bad thing or is that just maturation and growth? Because I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, well, so here's where, here's where we all differ as people. Right. So um, the reason why I say something is because I feel like it's irresponsible not to. I think if someone were to say, hey, I get where you're coming from, Merm. I appreciate your like, I mean, if you read my blog, you listen to me on these podcasts. I'm a bit of an open book, you, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not going to. Um, a, feel ashamed for that, and B, I'm not going to be upset if you're not as open of a book as I am. I've just learned how to share about myself enough to where I'm like, I can say anything and I don't care. So I think the reason why I say something, Jay, is that I feel like it's irresponsible to just pretend like it's all kosher mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we cool and just keep on about your business. Because if that's the case, like that's how we perpetuate like two-week waterfall. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and I, I say that not to besmirch any of you that are like, I just said that we were doing a two week waterfall the other day. Damn, Merm's calling me out. Not, I'm saying that like your organization puts a bunch of roadblocks in front of you. I had, um, 
uh, at my organization in January, it was announced, hey, our current build server is going to be going out of service soon enough. We're going to be moving to a CI CD, you know, sort of deployment pattern. Everybody needs to work on this tool that we're working on, or they're going to, they need to start building pipelines in September, and most teams still haven't done it. Right. Yep. That is what I'm talking about the agile community. There are things that we should have been doing for years and we're not. So if you're in your second year, you're in your third year, you're in your fifth year, you're in your whatever, you're not an idiot. Like you, you come in knowing things, you come in seeing things like it's not hard to see things. That's why the coach job is so much fun because you don't have to actually own any of the outcomes and just yes, say, hey, this is true. Weird what are you responsible for? Well, if, if you think about it, nothing. Well, again, not, <laughs> yeah. not besmirching the role. There, I'm yeah. basically in like, as a VP of transformation, I'm basically an agile coach for the entire organization. Same. Yep. Same. And, and have and, about and, yeah. the exact same empowerment as a consultant agile and, coach. Which is, and this yeah. is the conversation we're going to have in another episode where as yes. a VP of transformation, as a director of transformation, we know in our heart of hearts, due to the complexity of the systems that we work in, that we're really not, we really can't own anything because it's way too complex. There's too many moving parts. You can't attribute anything good or bad to us. However, the delta is the organizations that hire us typically do want to contribute to attribute good or bad to us. And that's that's a conversation for a different time. But so I want to go, I want to pull on the thread a bit where when someone hires a consultant, it's always been my experience that. You hire the consultant to tell your boss the things that you would say to them, but they listen to the consultant because they're exponentially more expensive. So for example, um, in a previous life, we hired a vendor. Um, how do I say this? Uh, their name rhymes with Schmottworks. And they told our bosses the exact same thing that we were telling them. But because they were $750 an hour and not $130,000 a year, they listen to them. So as a full-timer, yeah. and I've always been a full-timer, so maybe I have some weird sort of blinders. We're mm -hmm. going to pack that in the next um, Lay on Your Couch, Tell Me About Your Mother episode. Um, I have a different perspective where it was like, yeah, well, they're telling my boss the same thing that I was going to say, but they're listening to them because they're expensive. So at that point, it was worth the money. It was worth the money. So, I mean, you're hired as a consultant to, to be the adult in the room and to be the adult and to know the answer, whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, that's kind of the, the assumption. So I guess my question is, are you being a little bit too hard on yourself, Bern? Um, <clears throat> well, I, the, the answer of, are you ever being too hard on yourself, Merman? The answer is almost always potentially maybe like, <laughs> always me be my baby you know what I mean like yeah yeah I could always be seen as being too hard on myself and like Lef has the same problem Troy beats himself like many people that I would say that are smarter than me like those two like you you also have moments where you well if you're any all, all I think us. it's it's safe to say Chris if you're any good at what you do if you take any pride in what you do you're going to be harder on yourself than is probably realistic you also, that means you had to confront, um, let's be honest, failure. Like you had to confront, confront failure in the face. I tried this, the shit didn't work. You know what I mean? Hey, I thought by removing story points and going to an average story count, it would keep teams from overestimating. Well, maybe. Are teams still going to overestimate? Maybe. 
Does that mean your idea was shit? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's we, we guess we get like our work is guessing. And then when it works, we play it off as genius. And I feel like that hubris will probably ultimately, if any, like if anything ends this little party that we're having in the big, big A agile community, the agile industrial complex, as, as mm-hmm. uh, Tim Otter says, um, if we, if anything is going to be our downfall, it's going to be that is the, is the inability to chuckle at ourselves. And, and let me say this. I'm also, I'm also the dude that, that is not a giant fan of the comic Ajile folks, because I've, you know, I've talked to them before and I'm like, I feel like they're making fun of us. Well, maybe I struggle having a sense of humor about myself. You know what I mean? Like as much as I'd love to post, like post myself up and be in the corner of, oh, I'm, I'm awesome. Like, thanks for appreciating my authenticity and my, I, you know, like I'm here to be, I'm here to just be love and truth and whatever, like bullshit. I'm going to get arrogant. I'm going to get defensive and I'm going to be like, Hey, I feel like you're making fun of me. Don't do that. Like it, we're, we're all guilty of that same shit, dude. You know, I think, yeah. And I, that's why I kind of think that you are being a little unfair with yourself because we all do the same shit. I mean, we're all at the, in our, in our human OS, we're all the same. We're all the same. A couple of us have defects in different parts of the code, which lend us to be different, um, different ways to approach things. But at the same time, we're all kind of the same and we're more alike than different, I guess, is the point I'm trying to get to. So what are, if, what are, if, if anybody, if anybody saw the memes that you've texted me over the Oh, years, I'd be in prison, would, but we're not going to talk about this. They, I'm just saying like, <laughs> let's, let's not all say like, we're all Okay, the same. fair enough, like, fair enough. Some of us are just a darker, human and I love you some of us have a, have a darker, narrower, <laughs> more inappropriate word view. Um, but so you had, so you had some in prepare in preparation for this episode. You sent over a bunch of things, and you sent over some of the things where you you thought you thought you were right, and then your recent experience has kind of changed that. And and I want to I want to pick apart one or two of them, not pick apart, but them. I want to ask them because I think your verbal explanation would be better and maybe more insightful and actually more instructional to some of the people listening. One of the things okay. you said that you learned that maybe isn't always the right thing to do all the time is, and I'm going to quote you here, quote. You should always, 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 you said it three times, speak up. That's how you change things, unquote. So as someone who has spoken up and gotten slugged in the mouth like recently, I understand where you're coming from. But for our for the benefit of our listeners, can you give a little bit of insight into that and why your, your POV has shifted with that? So, man, you, you have the listeners at home you just have the ability to pick like cherry pick just the absolute like batshit insane crazy things that i write like i wrote i wrote 1500 words in this yeah you really did you really yeah i I wrote i wrote a lot of and you picked the 20 that were like the most insane well because this is this is this is resonant for me this is resonant for me i'm not disagreeing with you i'm saying that because you picked up on this that means we need to talk about it I'm just saying for the listeners, I wrote many cogent, coherent things in the article. And that's and what I call it. One yeah. few batshit crazy things that I wrote. Um, so let me, let me start with by saying, um, uh, Jay, if you were to, 
if you were looking at two individuals to promote, take, rank, pay grade, okay. whatever out of this, right? Gender, where they're from, who gives a shit, right? Like we're all we're all the same color, gender, speak okay. the same language, history, whatever. So you have one person who um, always speaks up, always says positive things, always um, asks questions. Sometimes they're good questions, sometimes they're not good questions, but they're always being seen as being present and open and caring right? Like they, mm -hmm. they, they put forth a good attitude, like you have that. And then you have the person that does the same amount of work, but is less present, less open, less vocal. And they tend to be called upon as opposed to calling upon others for change. Where, where are you leaning in that scenario? And there's no wrong answer here, right? I'm so no, no, no. So I will, I'll be honest. Um, I, and it's due to, I'll admit it, it's due to my own personal bias, which I think is something that we're all aware of and we kind of try to, to try to push against. But sure. I would pick person A because that is the person most like me because I appreciate someone who would speak up and you, you, you had, well, not even necessarily assertive, just someone to speak up, but you, <laughs> you made a remark in one of your notes, right? One of your 5,000 plus words on that you sent me here. You talked about um, the Agilist who speaks only in run-on sentences and gives away too much information. Um, I feel personally attacked by that statement, first and foremost. Um, but that's yeah, me. Well, you should. Yeah, I should. That's me. So <laughs> to me, knowing that that's what I would hem towards tells me that I kind of got to look in the other direction. But you're right that, well, general corporate-wise, corporate-wise, they sure. it seems like, from the outside looking in that the people who get promoted are the people who are vocal, but there's the, the third part of that, which you didn't talk about the ones who don't make waves, the ones so, who don't well, make waves. And I don't, I have, are, I've never seen someone who's a rabble rouser get promoted. Uh, that's not true. I've been a rabble rouser many times and gotten promoted, but it's the environment that you rouse the Fair. rabble Fair. that depends. Right. So, I, so one of said organizations, I was an FTE in this org. Um, I, um, my boss did a skip promotion for me, meaning I jumped two slots up the progression that he had set up. He did that for me and two other people, <clears throat> setting us apart from everybody else to say like, these are the cream of the crop that I've got in my org, mm -hmm. right? So in that same org, I also like just flipped a bunch of tables over, told a bunch of people they were doing things wrong based on, mm. based on nothing other than what I said was right or wrong. Um, I went around and told leaders, you're doing it wrong. You're not leading in the appropriate manner. You're pushing for things that aren't appropriate. Like I also got my first ever uh, abstract for an agile alliance conference accepted at this company um like I, I i mean i experienced a ton of highs but at the same time leadership if they saw me walking towards them pretend to be on the phone like i'm not gonna lie i did like do just pretending to be on the phone like the when i gave notice one of there the was applause 
No, one of the VPs of the org sat me down and we were having coffee one day and he goes, can I give you some advice on the way out? And I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, I don't want your advice, but I don't want to be rude. Sure. Have at it, bud. And uh, the person said, you're, you're a little wordy. And um, to succeed in the corporate world, you need to learn to shut up. So my suggestion for you is learn to be concise. And I thought in my head, I'm like, I've been in meetings where you like talked for three minutes straight. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And it's because like, it's, it's when I first, my first lesson of what I say is the rule is the rule, except when I break the rule and then it's not the rule. And then it's the opposite of the rule. Like I, I learned that. So, like I learned that at 33 years of age, you know what I mean? Like I, that was a, like a, like force punch to the face of like, I don't think you realize you rent this job. You rent this career. Like somebody not wanting you means you've reached your expiration. And so getting along in the world sometimes means you make compromises. But what does that say about you the more you compromise? Like, oh, well, yeah, you lose okay, yourself. You lose okay, yourself. This is okay, right? Yeah, you lose yourself in the sense of compromise. And to that person who gave you that feedback, I would offer up um, one of the one of the most one of the most interesting people whose inform, whose work I follow is Jim O'Shaughnessy from Infinite Loops, and he said the things that aggravate you in other people are the things you don't like about yourself. Mm. And he said that, and that that guy, I'm assuming it was a guy, is the perfect example. Because like you said, he has taken up three minutes of gobbledygook in a meeting, but then turns around and tells you you need to be concise. And truth be told, um, one of the most famous, one of the most famous correspondences from Mark Twain is he started a letter where he said, I wish I had time, I wish I had more time to write a shorter letter. And the irony of that, that juxtaposition of that statement is it takes time to boil your thoughts down to get them into like three words. And well, I don't yeah. think a lot of people realize that, that some of us who are, and I am in the same boat with you, I am, I am way too verbose and I use way too many words. It's really because I'm trying to think it out while it's coming. It, so here's the thing. Like if someone takes time to get to know us, they'll understand that. The people that report to me at my current organization, I've spent nine months with them. They know how I roll. They know where I come from. When I'm having a tough day, they know that I'll admit it and I won't blame them for it. They know that if they do something that could be considered a, you know, a fuck up of some sorts, like I'm going to defend them. Like, but like they didn't know that in the very beginning. It's the same thing for it's the same thing for anything that we do. I mean, there, there's so much hopping around of, you know, within an org, from org to org, like there's so much, you know, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out like, did I even make the right decision taking my role? I mean, this work is hard. Like, did I even, did I even make the right move? I don't know. I just, I honestly, I, I feel like um, I'm just going to keep going back to this notion of uh knowing that you could have done better and refusing to say anything about it is kind of gross negligence 
And I, I wish, I, honestly, I wish that we took time to be, is it rude for me to say we should be more ashamed about some of the things we've done in the past, Jay, or is there a better way of wording it? Um, I don't think it's, I don't think I would use the term rude. And I don't even know if there's a better way to word it, except, I mean, maybe I would change that to, we should take a moment to seriously reflect on some of the things we've done and said, and while not necessarily having to serve penance for them, use that as an opportunity to improve in the future. Like, I mean, we, we use the term retrospect all the time, right? And it's kind of blown out at this point, but we should take a moment to take a take a beat and like, yeah, I kind of gave some bad advice there. And that was probably my ego talking. So I shouldn't probably do that again. And yeah, let's not do that again. So that's, the, that's the, uh, so Daniel Pink's newest book on the power of regret, right? Like that's the whole crux of the book, which is like, hey, when we ask people to think back on things they wish had happened differently, we're not saying you hate your life. We're just saying, could things like in an individual scenario situation could have been done differently. Most of the time that uh, the regret is around inaction as opposed to action. Most people, like most people regret things that they didn't do as opposed to things that they did do. And, I, and to that, I will say, when you see something happening that is not kosher and you choose to not say anything, like if you see a team member just getting steamrolled by a deadly QA lead, scrum master, product manager, what I, I don't care, right? Like a team, like who cares about rank or whatever? Like you just see someone getting steamrolled and you say nothing, like you should regret that. You and and, yeah. and I, I'm the king of that. Like there, the, the number of times that I have been in scenarios where I'm like, man, I should have done something. But also, then you have to draw a line of like, I mean, Jay, have you ever sat down and said, these are the things that are my hills to die on. And these are the things that I'll just let slide and I don't care, right? Like, have you ever like actually like no. written those down? No, no, it's more of a, it's more of an in the moment thing. And I know that's probably bad because that is- I don't know. Well, I, I, well, here's my thought. Let me, let me unpack it. I think maybe I should because it's probably bad that I haven't because I may react- over emotionally to things that I in in the grander scheme of things I shouldn't react emotionally to maybe maybe but this but so thank you for the segue because this ties to the other part of this of the notes that we had that I know is just going to make you as easily as just as uncomfortable um hold on hold on, hold on. before you get into that let me just say this um if you write them down there's no guarantee that when you actually experience that moment that you're still gonna feel the same pull. It's almost like you experience the hill and then you decide in that moment whether I would die on it or not. And it's almost like, I would argue like, maybe you shouldn't make a list and maybe you should mm -hmm. experience it first and go, actually, it was totally okay to not die on that hill. Turns out uh, my <laughs> idealism is not as, is uh clear as i thought maybe it's a little murkier so anyway sorry keep maybe going. no 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 you might be right you might be right well let me let me try and not write anything down and see how that goes so one of the <laughs> one of the things that you said which is kind of like again we're picking it like raw exposed nerves here um you had a remark about 
the emotionless, emotionless peers that you have in an organization get promoted faster than the emotional ones. And this is something you've been bouncing around in your front of mind. So let's, let's talk a little bit about this because I don't know if I agree or disagree because I need to talk more about it to understand. Well, so this is probably my most half-baked of, of regrets or ideas. Um, so I'm again, just miraculously picking the ones that are raw listen, nerves. Okay, no, great, no, no, great. No, no, no. I, like <laughs> you're picking the appropriate phrases, which is to, to say you, you might be the greatest foil of my life. And that's probably why we're, <laughs> we're, we're best friends. Good friends. Um, yeah. We are, we are foils in the most amazing ways possible. Um, I, um, when I joined my first five years in the IT industry, I saw people in charge or people promoted to be in charge that were sort of the most steady, cold, cold is not a, not, not, a, not an appropriate word like that. That makes it seem like it's negative that they're more even keeled, but the more even keeled, um, uh, not as emotive in meetings, didn't have as many. Now, listen, you could get them at the bar for happy happy hour, and they'd give you all the smiles and giggles and laughs in the world. But in the meeting, in the moment, in the situation, like stone faced, like, we're we're like we're solid. You know what I mean? I saw those people getting promoted over me. And when I would talk with people that I reported to, those people also happened to be the more stone-faced folks than I, right? I am. I, so so let me ask you this. Let me yeah, ask you this, Um, Is it and I'm, I'm going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass when it comes to the words being used, because I want to, differ, I want to differentiate because I want to understand. Wait, just is, now or you're, you're, oh, you're this is the story of my life. Jesus, we're really, we're going to do this now. We're unpacking your problems, not mine. Um, is it stone faced or is it stoicism? Well, I would argue. So I've actually been doing this year. I've been doing a lot of reading and studying about stoicism and I would argue that there are actually very few Stoics in in our in our. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. America. Yeah. So any so if anybody so Stoicism is actually not a lack of emotion; it's diminishing the negative or inappropriate emotions. So, um, could you say that those folks were displaying a Stoic attitude in the moment? Maybe. Like, like, let me just say maybe in the most positive sense, like they could be, I, I don't, I don't know. But what I'm saying is that I constantly saw, I, so on my blog, like, you know, feel like I, I'm not here to plug anything specifically, but chrismerman.com, I wrote an article many years ago about my complex relationship with my emotions. Um, I am not an emotionless person. I wear them on not only both sleeves, but I feel like I have face tattoos of my emotions. Like I don't, I, I, I could, I could try to be stone faced and still show off. You can't, emotions. you're the, I'm the same way. You can't hide it. You can't hide it. You could be in the, in the worst mood in the world. You can't hide it. No, I get it. I get it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm, I, I wear them everywhere, and it's not because I want to. Like I need the attention, I need the whatever. Like, is it, is it partially the drama, like the theater, you know, history of I've been in, you know, I've, I've been doing theater since I was a little kid, you know, whatever small time theater you want to call it, but I've still been doing it. So. Like some of that, maybe. Um, I was raised in the church where you had to voice ideas and opinions and things vocally in front of lots of people. Um, I, um, I've been through a, a very, like, very painful divorce and, like, child breakup situation, and I've, I've written about it all. Like, I, I mean, I'm a trained journalist, so I'm, I'm trained to write my feelings and write what I think, I like everything, like that. I, the, those of you that think that journalism is is just the facts and no, like no emotion in it, that like doesn't understand writing. Like emotion comes out in everything we write. So you you can't be pissed at at someone for you know the Fox News or CNN or the New York Times or whatever or Vogue, not having the emotion. Like there's emotion in every single word we say and write, even if you're taking the emotion out of it. So have you ever tried to? Was, have you ever tried to write in a voice that's not yours? Many times, many times. It's um, it's it's it's, it's, in, it's in near impossible, right? Like, I, well, and, and 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 I say that, and I know this is a wild tangent, but you're you're a trained journalist, so I'm going to pick your brain on this one. Um, when I try, so like, here's a perfect example, and this is going to resonate for a whole shit ton of people, considering when this episode's coming out. The year end employee engagement survey, I, which is it's it's. It's anonymous. It's anonymous. I struggle because, I mean, I really don't care that if you're going to say, was this your comment where you said this guy is is borderline brain dead? I mean, I wouldn't own it. But at the same time, I try to write in a voice that's not mine, and I really, really struggle because I can't not write in the voice that I hear in my head. Well, so, you know, let me let me say this as a uh, former journalist, right? When, so there are often times that we say, this is a story and I have to write the story. And then you go, this is me. This is what I think about that story. And you go, this isn't a you story. This is a them story. And so some, a lot of times, um, professional writers have to put themselves. Now, listen, if you're, if you're Malcolm Gladwell, Michael Lewis, whatever, like I respect the hell out of these writers. They can, they can tell any publishing house, I'm going to, I'm going to take a dump on pages and sell them in my, and people will buy it. Yep. People will buy it. Like it'll be a New York times bestseller. Totally true. That said, um, if you sometimes go, Hey, here's something that needs to be said. I need to say this and this doesn't make me comfortable. Like that, that ultimately that that's what writing is. It's, if it was, if it was just the beauty of my blog, like the beauty of what I write now is that I'm not being paid for it. When I cook, I'm cooking dinner for my family. They're not paying me. They're not tipping me. And in fact, I take no pay cut because I'm not being paid to feed my family. So if they're like, you know what? I didn't like it. That wasn't my favorite. I can be like, cool. Did this for free word to your mother, like, let's party the next day, you know, like, Mm -hmm. whatever. Well, it's different when this is our job, which is why I still sometimes struggle with sarcasm, even though as I'm talking with, 
you know, our, uh, uh, oh, crub, our, our veneer consulting brother that we will, we will not name by name. Like, as I talk about satiricism or satire, satire there you go. Satire, hey, it's satire. probably a word somewhere in some country. Good, keep going. <laughs> like, satire, while it's important and tells a story, I struggle with because, like, I've most of the time, I mean, how many times, Jay, have you had to do something for teams you absolutely know is bullshit and will not work? <sighs> And yet you're told to do it and yeah. you've, you've, you've raised your objections. You've said it better do this this way. And they go, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I've done this. it. And like, what, like. That, well, that's, why, why that's, a, that's a statement. That's a statement of our industry. That's a statement of customer expectations. Oh, I we, mean, we make fun of each other and tell each other we do shit wrong. Like, <laughs> how dare you do this to teams? How dare you implement this framework? How dare you, you know, you try this thing that should or shouldn't be done. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you do this? Like, it's not that like, bro, like, bro, are you in my org? Like, yeah. were you in the meeting where I was like, hey, I, you know, money's tight. Please do this. This is terrible. Like, why are we not? Like, that, that should count in our decisions. Yeah. Not like what I can post on LinkedIn. And I think, well, what you just said is, what are we going to do? Money's tight. I'm kind of stuck. I mean, there's, there is a, there is a undercurrent of this whole episode and a lot of the topics that you sent over to talk about was the idea of just sometimes it is literally impossible to be completely honest. And just to say to somebody, look, I'm going to tell you to do this and you're going to do it and it's not going to work. And I know this and you know this, but we have to do it to prove a point. And how often do we get, that is a, it is a luxury to even say those words. It's the whole, it's the whole, um, I'm going to get real, real deep here. The whole Gulag Archipelago, right? Solzhenitsyn. We know they're lying. They know we know they lie, they're lying. We know that they know that we know that they're lying. They know that we know that they know that we know that they're lying. And yet they still lie anyway. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like everybody kind of grins and nods and it's, you kind of hope it, you kind of hope well, that when it does fail, the blast radius isn't so bad that it just kills everyone. Which, which, which is why the only original sin is when one of us jumps on social media and tells another one of us, you're, you're wrong. wrong. And I can't stand that you would even think that that's agile. Like this, this notion of I, and you haven't called this out yet, but one of my, like one of my biggest failures is thinking that there was, there was, and wasn't such a thing as doing something that's agile Mm. as if that has power. Mm. We say that like, it's a thing and it's not a thing. We, we think that we can shame each other into doing what we want. Like, do you know? So there's 20 ways to do anything in your org mm-hmm. at a minimum, at a minimum, 20 different ways. Your way may work. Someone else's way also may work. Does that make you in charge that you said the thing and then people did it? Does that make you feel good? 
Because that's not leadership. It certainly isn't for me. I don't know if it's for you, Jay, but it certainly, mm -hmm. it hasn't made me feel any better for me to go, here's what we're doing and then people do it. Like, I almost feel worse. Yeah, I mean, I I have quoted lately, and I don't even remember where I got this from, the, the remark of there's no right or wrong, they're successful or not. And if you're more concerned about being right than being successful, you're in the wrong role. Um, and it's kind of hard to say that to some people. Because there are some people whose entire career has been based upon them. Maybe it's consulting. Maybe it's something else. Being right more than they're wrong. And that is a hard pill to swallow. What's, what's the phrase about marriage? Like you can be happy or you can be right. But you can't be both kind of a yes. thing. Yes. Like, it's the same, like it's the same thing in the work that we do. Like, hey, did it make you feel good to be right? Did you, did you just, just like... Did it make you giggle and then, and then you shook yeah. around and you rolled around in your goodness juice and it made you feel good? Like it shouldn't. I don't. I like the moments that I go, listen, this is what it is. And then I, I'm saying it. Therefore, I decree. Like, do, do you know how terrible I feel when I do? Like, I feel hey, awful. Yeah. I feel awful. It like, I feel less of a person for it. And I'm not happy about having to make a decision and go, therefore, thou shalt not use story points for capacity budgeting anymore oh like okay like sure i made a call but like eh. I, 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 just, I don't know <laughs> yeah like, no, i mean no, no, don't no, you I get end, it. jay don't you end days and you just go eh. you know uh. But I mean, uh, so I'm going to take this conversation full circle and talk about there is a there is an, a big difference between being paid to provide your knowledge and your insight and your sure. expertise versus being paid to do the thing. And the big difference between, I, I mean, I at least I feel between consulting and, and, and an FTE role in what we do is. Consultant, you're paid for your your expertise, your your knowledge, right? Um, and and as someone who has admittedly only had full time spots, there is something I lack in the sense of I haven't worked in seven or eighteen different companies, so I can say, look, I can tell you that based upon when I when I blend it all out, here's where it lands. Um, and there's there's an expectation that you hire the rent the the consultant because they know everything, whereas you know as a full timer, it's kind of like I really don't give a shit you got to do the thing just do the thing and the people asking you to do the thing don't necessarily understand how difficult the thing is and you're talking about almost the 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 weight it draws on your soul about doing the thing when it might not be the right i hate to use the word twice thing to do but you kind of got to do it maybe maybe i so i'm not disagreeing with you i'm i'm uh this is one of those areas where I feel like as agilists, we need to be a little more accepting of the gray, like the various shades of gray. And mm -hmm. also like the part that's like kind of gray, but not like it's definitely a little more white than black kind of a thing. Well, it may be more black than white for someone else. And that's okay. Like I, that's another reason why I feel like as a community, we could get better and any, any conference I speak at, any conference I attend, any online community, any meetup I join, like only thing I care about is, do we understand what someone else is going through and is it okay if it's not the same as us? 
<clears throat> I, I think, I think Jay, the, my, my biggest, I, I've said original sin probably 20 times in this podcast. <laughs> You've got I, a lot I, of original sins. It's okay. Listen, listen, listen. I, you know, Hey, we're all on a journey. I, to, like bringing this around third base towards home. I, I feel like thinking that my way is the way, whatever your way is, you could say, this is my way. It was, it was most likely some, it was most likely crafted as the way for you because of either your work experience or some content that you consumed, whether it be a conference, a class, a book, a webinar, a blog post, a discord post from Jay Hirschko, whatever, right? Like you've, you, like you've, you've gotten this idea from somewhere or you've already experienced it yourself there's no reason why it'll either of those things will work wherever you're at. There's no guarantee. If, even if you, even if it has worked in five straight organizations as a consultant for you, the sixth may be the one that it doesn't. Does that make that organization weird or wrong? No, mm -mm. it just makes them that org. Like the, the fact that Jay is like, has to like get on cross country flights to go see his teams and such like, does that make his job terrible that he has to get on a plane and do that? No, it just means his sleep's kind of fucked up that week and then and not to mess with him or text him like random things because he'll just ignore you, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that doesn't make his work wrong. So I, what I'm trying to say is that that applies to everything. That applies to everything. And we we should be learning things that we get along with each other about more than things that we don't get along with each other about, which is yes. really the ultimate message of this, of this podcast is like, I thought all of you were wrong if you didn't agree with me. I seriously have. I have argued with Jay about countless number of things. <laughs> yeah. Jay, ultimately, Jay, do we do the same things and would we end yes. up wanting the same things for our yes. words? Absolutely. And we've yet yelled at each other so many times about how many stupid things like that's yeah. why we can't like that's that's why we can't have nice things people like yeah. this is stupid yeah we uh, it, uh we own we get in our own way so i'm gonna end with i'm gonna end with a bit of the fire the firecracker question because neither one of us can actually oh. are fitting in this role right now so it's easy to oh, throw joy. flaming arrows um you had a statement where you were starting you were retrospecting on your career and you said I used to think consulting is the best way to make money in our world. So let's let's go out with 10 minutes left. Let's go out and unpack that because I actually kind of agree with that state. If you're looking to make money, that's the way to go. The other side of that coin is how much of your soul do you give up? Well, this is the best way to make money. That, that's a better way to, to put it is like, you can have money or you can not like, like here, here's the, ultimately we rent our jobs unless you go into business for yourself and you have your own LLC and you do corp to corp kind of work. We're um, renting a chair. We're a caretaker. Yeah. You rent your job. So what is your job doing to take care of you? Um, you're, for those of you that are earlier in your journey that are listening to this, let me say this. The first five to 10 years in IT 
you can make significant jumps pretty quickly. You, you it may mm -hmm. take you to move around a lot. It may take like so if you don't care if you have a job every other year, a new job every other year or every year, you can make some significant jumps. Significant. And I was really fortunate to get some giant jumps in my compensation as a result. Um, the challenge is, is that you sometimes feel like, hey, I don't feel like looking for a new job this year and it's, it is what it is, or I'd like to, or you reach an age or you reach a level of, I've done this enough, so I'd like to find a spot to hang out long-term. And so then you're like, well, then what do I like long-term, right? Mm. So when I said, I feel like consulting is the best way to make money, um, I was kind of talking about the money part of it, but also like, man, there's just something sweet about being able to go from company to company to company and get a yeah. different experience every time. Like I have, you have constantly put, like, I will argue this, you've put yourself down in an inordinate amount, but you have put yourself down from your experience because some of us have been consultants while you've been at, you, you may recently made a jump, but you've been at the same company for a while. Um, so m m maybe when I say, I don't know that I'm wrong in saying it's the best way to like advance in your journey. Like there is also like a, man, if I had hung out at this place longer or that place longer, like would have gotten better. I don't know. Maybe should I have, I don't know, you know, like with the, we make the, the best mm -hmm. issues we can at the time we can like same thing for you. I know you have most of the time when you've kept your job you're like i would quit my job in a heartbeat but like you you know you've just said this job's really hard and i'm struggling with it right now so we all process it differently right 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 no i think um <clears throat> I, I think it's a fair statement if you're looking to if you're looking to leap around and get a lot of momentum early consulting is definitely the way however and this ties to some of the upcoming episodes we have a word i mean where where the fuck is this agile monster going 20 years in right are we I, I mean are we the next six sigma coaches you know like i mean that we've had that conversation we're starting to have that yeah. conversation that conversation is, is starting to leak out of the it's starting to leak out of the 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 new sphere right our 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 culture is starting to question those things like well what's next and where does that put us because we don't want to be the dinosaurs and honestly i have no idea i'm trying to figure it out but i think you're right i think you're right I, we'll all figure it out i mean like here's the beauty of the discord like come join the discord come come chat with us because like there's a million reasons why jay are right and i are right and there's a million reasons why we're wrong and um i'm, I'm happy to own the parts that i don't have wrong and if like in closing like the things that I felt like were true don't feel as true now. And I wish that I had programmed into myself this notion of maybe this isn't always true. And I just wish I had done it sooner. And I'm asking you all like, turn that dial up, please. Because right. there's a lot of stuff that you think is true that ain't. Yep. Fair. Yep. There's, that's, a, that's a great way to end it. It's the, it's the Dave Snowden 
weak sadal detection. It's the idea of orthodoxy versus heterodoxy, right? Um, so with that, I'm not giving the standard freaking ending because I don't <laughs> feel like this episode needs it. Um, tune in next week where we're going to continue, I guess, this conversation. We're going to go into like frameworks or something else. So until next time, this is the Agile Uprising Podcast signing out. Woo!